Hello, and welcome to the Live Big Podcast. Today, I have a very special treat for you. I'm going to be sharing a Reiki session that's going to help you recalibrate all your energy. And as we move into this September month, um, recalibrating all of that beautiful, positive, good, light energy to, um, to move into this fall is a beautiful way to transition. And it really helps us to 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 save some of our energy. Um, we tr- do expend a lot of energy in the summer, um, doing a lot of external activities, um, giving a lot of energy away to other people and experiences, and we tend to feel a little drained at the end of the summer. And so it's nice to recalibrate and take time to just regenerate the spirit, regenerate our uh, our chakras, and cleanse out any negative energy that's hiding. And today I'm going to be using a tactic called ASMR, which I use in a lot of my Reiki sessions as well. And so ASMR is Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response. Um, and it's an experience that is like a static-like or tingling sensation on your skin. And it typically begins on the scalp and moves down the back of the neck and the upper spine. And there's lots of triggers for ASMR. And um, some people aren't sensitive to ASMR at all. And typically I believe that that is because they're so externally focused in order for asmr to be triggered we have to have um, intentional attention control so intentional attention control is when we are focused on small auditory responses so things that can trigger this when we are used to them and we are focused just just on the auditory response so there's other things that we can focus on too like um tangible response is when we feel certain things and we just feel the different um, fabrics or the different um, quartz or different rocks different just anything it's just feeling certain things and just noticing what that feels like and auditory response is different things that can trigger it like tapping or whispering So lots of different things that we can use for ASMR. And um, I use this specifically just for the relaxation technique in Reiki to help you relax. And it's a combination. It's characterized by like a low-grade euphoria. And it's a combination of positive feelings and a distinct static-like tingling sensation on the skin. And it can be auditory, visual, um... And if you're not used to um, really focusing intentionally on sound, this might just be really good practice for you to, it will be really new for you. (laughs) It'll be a really, really neat practice for you just to see how you respond to it. And don't worry if you don't have much of a response to it. It's just that maybe your senses are a little bit haven't been used to focus on small, small little um, details of listening or speaking or, or touching or feeling. And so it's just something that our stimuli, like we start to notice that we start to jade those stimuli when we're not focused on 
very small details a lot of the time. So I'm going to be using ASMR in this, this session today. And also, if you feel just relaxed from ASMR, that's another way that it, uh, it is triggered. So you, if, you, if you do feel re- relaxed, you are getting the stimuli from it. Okay, so let's begin our beautiful transition Reiki session. session by bringing some light to the environment. And you can use whatever scent you want if you're lighting your own candle. But I do like really start to engage the energy in the room to set the space for a session. So I'm just going to set this over here. going to begin by spraying some beautiful essential oil into the air around you. And as you know, the astral plane of Reiki, there is no such thing as time or space. It is just specifically what you and I are both envisioning in this moment together. this glass spray bottle filled with water and lavender and basil and a little bit of some beautiful coconut oil and some fennel to calm and also brighten the air 
I'm just going to spray this around the top of your crown, the top of your head. some of our crystals. So I'm going to bring in amethyst crystal. Amethyst is amazing for just lightening your energy and helping you deal with any grief or any loss, any sense of needing and uplifting to find creativity, or has the same benefits, the same energy of inviting into the body and energy of falling in love. It's the same sense of excitement, but also a sense of play and tapping into creative possibilities. And so a lot of people that maybe feel anxious or heavy energy, low energy, maybe carry around amethyst to just brighten their spirits. It's a great, great crystal for that. And always setting the intention into the stones. Crystals are a conductor of energy. So whatever energy you place into the stone is 
pretty much what it is although it does have a certain frequency of its own I'm just going to start by hitting this crystal and just brushing it around the crown of your head slow circles and I'm just moving my opposite hand in the other direction to just sweep away any heavy energy away from the top of your head and then just allowing the crystal to run all over your face over the face and around your ears and then all the way down to the heart and over the belly and over your legs and your feet and up to your spine all the way up the spine and to the back of the neck and then back of the head and over the crown of the head sweeping and then just making circles around your to invite a golden, beautiful, warm, golden light into the body and all the way around the body, healing and warming and comforting. And I'm just going to place this crystal, the amethyst purple, I'm going to place it in the center of the chest. this golden energy to brighten and protect your entire body, protecting the space, and just allowing for very warming, protective, healing, cleansing light to cocoon you. provide a cocoon for your entire body and for your spirit to know that it is safe to fully relax, to fully release, and to fully surrender to the process of the universal healing. going to light some Palo Santo and sage wood, a very sacred sage from South America. And again, this is a very grounding and earthy 
scent and energy just to help ground you from any experiences you may have had and moving into the fall we tend to feel a little bit uprooted so it's nice to feel like we belong once again and feeling like we know what we're doing where we're going and also to invite in an energy of flexibility and empowerment to be a silent confident without looking outwards for recognition or approval but feeling safe to be genuine and giving and steady and strong I'm just going to light this Palo Santo for a while You have to light it for a while to allow it to burn. chest and down your belly and over your hips and your thighs and your knees and down to your feet and you can feel the warmth of Palo Santo Just filling your cocoon up with a very healing, grounding, comforting energy as it billows. Wonderful. 
an energy of calm now in your body. I can feel that there is grounding to be done and cleansing to be done. I felt very calm, very ready to release and calibrate. So just close your eyes. Envision my hands being on top of your heart. There's a calming energy of the universe to recalibrate and heal your being. All the way through.
Let's jump into this circular motion, allowing the energy to dance around your head and your shoulders, like a golden light, a glitter, like glitter moving through water. Just allowing it to dance around your shoulders. start to arise maybe in between your vertebrae and your shoulder blades maybe in your throat down into your spiritual heart to envision this light settling, settling down, permeating down into your organs as it heals and cleanses 
Feel your pelvis, pelvis start to melt down towards the earth. Relaxing, opening through your chakra is being supported. Grounded. Searching. sacred you can feel your energy it's so light fluffy it's filled with joyful presence play compassion very positive, fun, almost a silly type of playful childlike energy that doesn't take anything too seriously that doesn't need to be taken too seriously. It's very light and loving. to settle within the heart. As heavy energy starts to rise, I'm just envisioning this energy like roots of a tree. Except, instead of being rooted in the ground, the roots to move back up into the heart. And everything lives in the heart. You can feel the vibration.
to run my hands all the way down your body sweeping away and just fluffing your aura Your body feels a lot lighter and spiritual energies lighter and happier, more joyful, but also very content. Just very content. And just your cocoon to stay in this energy throughout your evening and marinate in this energy as you sleep this evening. Really just allow yourself to surrender to this space and to your soft covers and soft pillows. And just allow this cocoon to surround you and so you can recalibrate all evening. And I do recommend that when you wake up in the morning that you have a brief shower. Just cleansing and coming back and grounding into the earthly plane. And just finding gratitude for what's to come because I can't 
know some new beginnings arriving for you. These new beginnings are just exciting. They're very, they will be life-changing, but also very welcome. I hope you have a beautiful sleep. And I hope that this has served you in any way. Blessings to you. Namaste. Hi everyone and welcome to the Live Big Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about contentment and gratitude. So sit back, grab a snack, and let's get started. So I wanted to talk a little bit about contentment and gratitude today. Um, As you know, today is September 11th, if you are listening to this on September 11th, 2018, and it's a day that always reminds me to be super grateful for family and relationships, especially. Um, Relationships are so important, and I feel that that is why a lot of um, really positive affirmations and spiritual coaches and all this um, be your better self, be your higher self um, communication has come up on social media, has come up um, in other places and books and and maybe because subconsciously we've been hearing about it, but also because I feel like a lot of people are drawn to it uh, right now, especially maybe the last few years um, because I feel like we've we've kind of lost that connection to our relationships. And I'm not talking about everybody, but I'm thinking about like the general energy and, and obviously what I see in my students and what I hear and, and also in my own life as well. Um, I feel like we have lost our, our true connection to family, um, and our true connection to, um, our friends and, making life about those moments, especially in um, the Western Hemisphere, especially in North America, um, because I do travel a lot and I do see um, how different cultures live and how they kind of appreciate relationships more. And life is more centered around experiences rather than getting the job done or getting money so that we can go on a big vacation or doing this or getting a big house. It's everything is an experience. And it's more about those tiny, small experiences with relationships and people that um, 
that a lot of people do strive for, right? And in our heart's heart, we want that. We want to feel connection. We want to feel love. And if we have that, a lot of our problems actually disappear when we have more connection in our life. So I really feel like contentment and gratitude is a big one. And whether it's something big or small, it always shifts your energy, right? So if you can just show up in your day-to-day life and be grateful for what you already have, you would be so surprised how your perspective in life is going to change. Your your perception in life is going to change because your whole energy is going to shift into this positive space. Um, But it takes work and we have to show up every day. You know, and I was listening to a different podcast today, um, and it was more about motivation. And I do feel that a lot of us do need more motivation. I think that there is a balance that is needed um, because, especially in spiritual coaching and and in shadow work and in sound healing and a lot of you know Reiki and all this, it's very good to accept and surrender to healing and to um, feeling everything. But when is feeling too much? When is being compassionate towards ourselves too much? I mean, we have to admit that we can't just sit around coddling ourselves all day. (laughs) At some point, we have to kick ourselves in the butt and get up and get moving, you know? Um, And in order to do that, a great way for me is what I call the gratitude ladder. And that is one thought at a time. If you feel anxiety, if you feel low in energy, if you feel... You know, depression is kind of thrown around a lot. I think depression is a very serious word. Um, But even if you just feel kind of um, just in a weird mood, like you just don't really understand why you're um, not feeling excited about life, you know? Um, The gratitude ladder is, yeah, just thinking about one thing at a time that you're grateful for. And I find it's even more powerful to actually write it down. Because when you write it down and you read it and you can actually see it, um, it kind of enters your heart in a different way, I feel like. So um, just small things, you know, whatever it is, whatever you're grateful for, it could be material things. It could be, um, yeah, just your house, your your bed. You know, sometimes when people are going through deep panic situations and anxiety, the first thing somebody that is coaching them will say is, what do you feel? What do you taste? What do you see? What do you smell? And those are all small things that we can focus on to get out of the mind, right? So a great practice just that's really, really a small gratitude practice is when you're lying in bed in the morning and just feeling how cozy you feel feeling the softness of your blankets, feeling how relaxed your body is, um, placing your hands on your heart and just being grateful for the heartbeat, for your breath, for being able to live another day, to experience whatever is going to come up today. You know, just to talk to yourself in those simple, simple ways is going to allow you to move through your day in an energy that you've chosen instead of kind of giving in, you know, because I think we can get confused about acceptance and surrendering. I think we get get confused about that. And also thinking about, well, if we have a bad day, that's a lesson. So we think about how that lesson is like, we just beat ourselves up about that lesson, you know, or we get up and we just accept that we are in a bad mood and we're just going to have to move through that, you know, and a lot of people do meditation or they do a compassion practice. 
and that's great. Um, but the gratitude ladder is, for me, a more actionable way to set my energy so that I am not stuck in any heavy energy. Um, yeah, it's a really great practice to to kind of just pick yourself up, right? Sometimes we have to pick ourselves up a lot of the time because nobody else is going to do it. And if we just completely surrender and accept the energy that we wake up in and not move through it, you know, sometimes, yeah, you got to feel it, you got to feel it, but then you got to move through it. Okay. So contentment and gratitude are, this is something that I really want to focus on today. Um, I just, you know, with 9-11 and with these experiences and situations, I don't know if you lived through 9-11, if you um, remember where you were that day, but, um, you know, I don't want to make this whole podcast about that, but I think it's a great uh, experience that lives in everybody. It's not a great experience, but it's a great example to come back to because it lives in everybody's hearts. And I think on that day, some of us, subconsciously made a decision to um, move through life in a different way. It could be a very small degree of, you know, thinking that, well, thing, we're, not, we're not all safe, right? We're not all going to be um, safe from everything. So it, it was a shift for the mind, right? And um, a lot of people lost family members. And whether you did or you didn't, um, we all felt grief. I don't care who you who you are. Um, there's some level of grief that happened, and um, you know gratitude for family and that like whoever's in your life is there. So in yoga, we call this the in the Yoga Sutra by Patanjali is called Santosha, and um, so it starts with contentment makes poor men rich, right? discontentment makes rich men poor. And I see this all the time. (laughs) Um, Especially living in Toronto. I live in a big city and I live in a city where there's a lot of striving happening around me all the time and a lot of flashing of that striving. And what I mean by that is whatever is grasped, whatever is earned, maybe earned or whatever is... um, accumulated, I like that word a little bit better just because not everybody earns the things that they flash, right? Um, yeah, it's, it's basically thrown around and um, I think a lot of people here live in a very materialistic world, you know, and I've seen it in other places too, obviously in North America, this is a big thing to have a nice car, to have a nice house, to, to be in that space of trying to prove yourself to other people. And uh, when everybody else is doing it, it seems like the thing to do, I guess, right? Um, Now, I don't connect to that idea. Um, I never really have, to be really honest with you. And I think it might be because I grew up in a household where, you know, we had money, but we were never treated like we could have whatever we wanted, Um, I was raised to appreciate every single thing that I have and also earn things that um, my parents gave me. I had to earn certain things. And, you know, I also grew up in a pretty wealthy community um, where a lot of people were flashing what they had. And 
our family always knew that we could afford that, but our our family and mainly my parents obviously <laughs> chose not to purchase certain things. They did not want to le- live beyond their means and they didn't feel the need to flash anything to anybody. F- truly, I mean like my dad used to invest in a lot of things. My dad used to take us on nice trips, but they were never lavish. They were never like over the top. And yeah, it's not like we were, you know, it's not like um, we were hard done by by any means. We were always given what we wa- necessarily wanted, but we had to earn it. And we were always taken care of, you know. Um, but when I look back to my childhood, you know, obviously everybody has good parts and bad parts of, of their childhood, I believe. But um, the good parts of my childhood were all about family and experiences. And that's something that I always think back and my family did a really good job. It was never all about things. Like it was never like, oh, dad got a new car and now we get to ride it to school. It was never about that for us. Um, And the house that we lived in was like a really comfortable house. It was nice, but it wasn't like over the top. And it it was a good family home in a really nice kid-friendly neighborhood. Like everything they did was for family. And because of that, like we had, my dad got a cabin and the cabin was, you know, like a nice cabin. It was just like um, average, you know, um, to some people it might be like really, really nice. But for us, it was like, you know, an older cabin and, um, uh, you know, my parents made sure that we knew that it wasn't just bought and that we couldn't you know, they, they wanted us to know how it was earned type of thing. And so my brother and I really understood that like, you have to earn money. Um, and you have to appreciate what you're given at all costs because my, my family wasn't always, didn't always have money, you know, um, especially when I was born, like I was born into not a lot of money. My family was, was not, um, always wealthy. Right. So, um, yeah, we really appreciated everything. And so with that, though, I know both sides of the coin. And um, now I'm, I'm really, I've never been attached to, to, you know, throwing materialistic things around, you know. Um, in fact, I always looked at the people that did that and kind of felt a little bit sorry for them because I knew that there was something inside of them that was telling them they had to do that in order to be worth something to, in other people's eyes, right? Um, there's always something. Now, I, I don't, there's nothing wrong with buying something you like. There's nothing wrong with that. As long as you're doing it for the right reasons, you can afford it. You're not putting yourself in debt because of it. And that's the idea in yoga, right? Is to always live within your means and live light. You know, that is the ultimate goal is to live really light, to not be attached to objects. Um, I mean, that is the extreme version of yoga, but yeah, just to not be fully attached to things. Now, if something brings you joy and you've earned it, yes, celebrating that in life is a great thing, but to, to really do it beyond it within your means and to also be very appreciative, grateful and content. And I think this idea that all these things are going to make us really happy 
and that we need to stay in that happy zone all the friggin' time or our life isn't good is just ruining lives. It's ruining people's perception of the world. Um, so for me, it's like I don't, I don't view material things as impressive. Um, what I view impressive and that what I have always thought was that I'm really proud of, of my family members and the people that were in my life, um, and are in my life still, um, is that silent confidence, right? That silent confidence of like, I know that I'm able to afford that. I know that I'm able to afford the things that I want in life, but I don't need to have that to prove anything to myself, you know, I don't need that to prove anything to anybody else. I will purchase things because they make me happy and I can afford it and it's not beyond my means, you know, or it's going to give a really great experience for my family. Um, but what I do see here in Toronto is a lot of that constant flashing, you know, in terms of, uh, of what people have. And um, just like, you know, I I drive a Ford, you know, I love that, I love my Ford SUV, it's a great vehicle, um, I got it straight out of university, and it works amazing, it, it looks, you know, I don't need to, you know, I just don't have that, I guess that, that need in me to go out there and buy, you know, a BMW, or, I just don't have that, um, I don't, I don't really, understand the need for those things because I'm not a car person and I'm not a phone person either. Um, but you know, we all have different interests, right? I think what I'm getting at here is just to really live within your means and be super grateful and content with what you have. Now, in order to do that, we have to understand that if we aren't content that in our reality, it doesn't matter how much money we have. Um, so that's the ultimate message, right? Um, I see a lot of people, you know, my car gets me from A to B. I enjoy it. It has, you know, everything I need. Um, it connects to my iPhone, you know, it gives me directions. It's a pretty, pretty great car. Um, but I see somebody driving down the road towards me, for example, the other day, and they're driving, you know, a really nice Maserati and a convertible. And, you know, yeah, I look at them, I'm like, that would be nice. That seems like an awesome day, you know, to be able to drive around in that car. (laughs) Um, And uh, because the road is so narrow, I'm trying to get through, you know, and it's one of those roads in Toronto, we have weird roads sometimes, especially in the beaches, where sometimes you have to actually pull off into a parking spot to actually let somebody through. And this person, you know, didn't think that I pulled over far enough for them to get through, which I did. But (laughs) they were so angry about it. And it was like, you know, the swearing and um, the honking of the horn. It was just like, to me, you know, and I was in a great mood, you know, and I, I don't have a lot of pressures on me, I guess. I don't have any debt. I don't have, um, I don't really have those pressures. But what I would assume in that moment is that that person seems to have a lot on their plate <laughs> um, and isn't extremely happy or content 
You know, they don't seem very content in their world. And that's all I see in that moment. I don't see, I don't take it personally. It's not me. Um, but I, I can tell that that person isn't super content and we're grateful for what they have because, um, you know, they're sitting in a nice Maserati. I don't really see, you know, in that moment, I don't see what could be really wrong. Everybody has different things going on in their life, but I do believe in this saying, the more money you have, sometimes the more problems you have, right? Um, so if you're not content and you're moving through your life in a really angry way, and not really being aware of that, then ultimately you are poor. Um, yeah, so that's really where Santosha starts off. And discon- discontentment makes rich men poor, right? So true inner happiness rests upon feeling content with who we are right now. So not relying upon the future. Like the rest of the world, we are changing from moment to moment. Possessions flow in and out of our lives. People around us come and go. Our opinions and even what we think is true changes over time. Our outer form um, is in flux around a deeper and permanent light of awareness. Complete satisfaction and contentment can be experienced when our heart-mind field of consciousness rests quietly in this awareness. Santosha, which is the contentment and gratitude, is the second of the five niyamas, is being grateful for what we have and content with who we are and where we are in our life. According to the sutras, when Santosha is present, unexcelled happiness pervades our being. This feeling of contentment is not the same as what we feel when we have everything we ever wanted in life and in terms of possessions. Um, In terms of possessions, a partner, an ideal job, those things can all change. True Santosha comes from the understanding that who we really are at the core is none other than that light of awareness that all beings share. So when we are fully reliant on our external means, that means that our happiness can be shaken at any moment. That means that, you know, uh, people who don't like to pay for things are worried that they won't have any money anymore because their happiness is fully in that moment invested in how much they have tangibly, right? Through materialistic means. And another quote that I heard today was a bird who is sitting on a, um, a branch has no fear about whether that branch is going to break or not because it's fully reliant on its wings and flying. <laughs> so that's, for me, like that's a really, really powerful quote um, or thought because um, it just drives home the fact that like if you can fully rely on who you are and be content with who you are and believe in who you are, then nothing outside of you can shake that for you. Um, and I think a lot of people have a hard time tapping into that self-awareness, that self-confidence, um, and understanding that you've been through so much and yet you are still here. You know, why let the world that you walk on shake you? Um, yeah, so there's, there's a lot to be said for Santosha. Now I can talk about this all day. Um, but I think at the end of the bottom line is, is what you want to hear is like, how do we get there? You know, how do we get to that place where we can be content all the time? And I think, um, for me, it's using all the tools to be grateful. 
And what I guess for you, what you could look into your life, what is it that you do to be grateful? Is there anything that you do to be grateful or is it just a thought that comes and goes really quickly? Because where you're investing your attention and tuning into is where your mind is going to most be present. So if I am exercising my mind to be grateful first thing in the morning or part of my day, you know, whether it's looking at pictures of my family, whether it's writing things down that I'm grateful for, whether it's getting into my car and actually having a moment to say I'm grateful that my car is working today or that I have a nice car or that I'm able to pay for gas to put in my car. You know, if you, it's kind of like inserting something into your database, right? Inserting a thought into your database of the mind, of what is actually flowing through the mind so that you can actually tap into that quicker all day long. And also when you insert that thought into your database, that's like fueling your gas tank, you know? So you're actually putting fuel into that gas tank. We're constantly, constantly taking things out and not filling the gas tank up with good thoughts. Then we are constantly coming from a place of lack and constantly com- coming from a place of what, how can I get more? How can I get more? Because I'm not, I don't, I have an empty part of me that needs something else. And subconsciously, you know what it is, but consciously you have no idea how to f- fill that void And so that's why we use things like, oh, at the end of the day, I need a beer because I just need that. I need that to feel better. Or I need to, um, I don't know, there's a lot of different things that we do that are bad, right? You know, I need to watch a show that I like or I need, it's not that that's bad, but you know, whatever it is that you do that that's you kind of know isn't the healthiest thing to do. Um, we subconsciously kind of go to that because that's our habit that we've formed. So it's about creating new habits. And that's hard. It's just like going to the gym every day, getting your ass up out of bed and going to the gym or going for a run or going for a walk or doing your yoga every day. It's same practice for the mind. And it's it really helps to actually what I do in my phone. I put in um, different alarms. And <clears throat> for somebody that can't have alarms going off all the time, I totally understand. Maybe you could put it on vibrate. But it's always nice to have an alarm that goes off maybe at once at noon, once at 3, once at 6 o'clock, and once before bed. And in iPhone, you can actually put in names of alarms so it's a it's it's the label portion of your alarm and you can put in there what you want to see so when i have an alarm come up at noon my uh mantra is i believe in miracles right so when that alarm comes up at noon the message pops up on my phone and it says i believe in miracles and i make sure to recite that back i believe in miracles because I refuse to come from a place of lack in my life. I refuse. It doesn't exist for me. Now, do I wake up in a crappy mood sometimes? Yes, I do. <laughs> of course, like we're human. I am not positive all the time. But I have these tools that I am constantly going to and I am using them even when I feel good. 
even when my tank is full, because I know that I want to keep that tank full. And I know that I want to keep coming from a place of love and keep coming from a place that where I feel good enough, where I have enough energy to give other people. You know, when you're coming from a place of lack and you have no energy, yeah, you're not going to smile at that stranger on the, on the street because you don't have any energy to give anybody else. You know, so really when we don't, we're not filling up our tank, then all the only energy that we have is to give the things that we need to give. So we only reserve energy for our jobs or we only reserve energy for our family. And sometimes we don't. Sometimes we go home and see our family. We're too tired to, to do anything, to even invest some time in those experiences as well. So yeah, I really recommend these moments and they're so tiny. Like they take so little time, but they, they make such a, sh- a powerful shift throughout your entire life. If you can take these moments of reflection um, to just connect with yourself, where are you at in your life? Where are you at? Where are you grateful? Um, where are you content? And if you're not content, then, you know, why? You know, we have to be able to ask ourselves these questions and not be scared of that either, Um, to not be scared of that, you know, and that is also shadow work is just cleaning up your side of the street. Make sure that your side of the street is clean. Um, You know, if you have debt or you have um, parking tickets, you know, or you have uh, just certain things that you don't want to be doing anymore, you know, things that are wasting your energy, wasting your time, because where you're investing your time is and energy is where you are prioritizing your life. So it's really important to just look at those things. We want to look at the things that are draining our tanks for positivity and maybe just cleaning that up a little, you know, if there's something that you want to change, try to change it and maybe put in a different habit. And to create a habit, I guess they say it takes 40 days. I believe it does take 40 days um, to do it every single day in order for it to become a habit for you. So I really urge you to, one, you know, find out what you're grateful for today and try to do that every day. Maybe it's just three things. Maybe you start with one thing. Um, find out and reflect maybe you know you don't have to meditate i do recommend meditation but um if you are content in your life and if you're not you know maybe you want to write down a pros list and a cons list of um what's happening in your life and we have just entered that full moon you know virgo um we're in virgo season and that's all about organization. That's all about planning. It's all about where am I at and how can I change it? And what are those steps? What are those tactics that are going to allow me to, to create a new habit in my life that is really healthy? So um, if you are stepping into that energy and you are kind of on a spiritual path in your life and you've allowed yourself to uh, connect with that energy, then um, these are really great goals and actions to kind of insert into, to motivate yourself to come into a positive space because we're constantly looking at the news and we're constantly relying on outside uh, situations to affect how we feel all day. You are (laughs) going to be out of luck because the world isn't going to support your happiness. You have to have it within you. 
And uh, you'll notice those people who are walking around with it because, you know, they do have the energy to make a connection with people. And that's really what I want to hit home with here today is that your connection to people is the most important thing in your life. It really is important. And um, for me, like that is what I work on all the time. I, I try to be more thoughtful. I try to give more to people. I try to um, smile at people when it doesn't matter. You know, when I think that it doesn't matter, I try to smile because ultimately, if you can do that, it does fill up your tank. It does make you feel good. Even though, you know, you think it might drain your tank, giving energy to all these people. Um, And I'm not saying every day, you know, there are days where I don't want to be around other people's energy because, you know, I do tend to sometimes have to fill up my battery alone. Um, But these are all tools and tips to be able to kind of think in a more positive light, right? Because you can. It doesn't matter who you are, how old you are, who you are. It doesn't matter. Um, We all all have that chance to shift our energy at at any single moment, right? Um, So what satisfies one person does not necessarily satisfy another and I think that this this part is really important it hit home for me um quite a while ago when my where I wanted to spend my time to completely shifted and I had a realization of that where I was like you know I don't want to spend my time watching football all day on a Sunday I don't want to do that anymore <laughs> and I think people who know me now would be really surprised that I used to do that um and it's not that I don't like football anymore. It's, it's that I don't want to be stuck in my house watching a screen all day. I just don't. I don't, I don't find it productive. Um, I don't find it enjoyable anymore because I've, sh- I've shifted my habits, you know. Um, so it's not fair to project our own means of enjoyment onto other people. So some people love to go out to bars and have fun drinking, talking and dancing. They might think that everyone likes these activities, especially since so many people do them. Yet there are others who do not like doing these things at all and prefer quieter activities like attending a lecture or a class. Um, Santosha means being satisfied with whatever you're doing, knowing that it, like everything else, will end and being aware that the eternal divinity within us is always present. Um, I think when you're moving, when you are, when you are moving from your 20s to your 30s, I believe that's one of the biggest shifts. It's, it's one of the biggest shifts because when you're moving from your teenage years to your 20s, you're, you kind of knew at some point you would be moving into this space of like wanting to kind of party and to connect and make more friends and maybe try drinking, maybe try other things or maybe go to the bar or travel. You know, like there, when you're a teenager, you're kind of waiting for that moment to be able to do all these things that you, your parents said you couldn't or, you know, whatever it is. But when you move, shift from that, being able to, okay, now I can do whatever I want. You shift from that idea to, okay, now what is now what it is it that I really like? Because I've tried all these things. Excuse me. <coughs> My throat's really dry. 
excuse me. So I've tried all these things that I knew I wanted to try and that I wasn't able to do when I was younger. Now I want to filter that down into what do I actually want to be doing with my life and how do I want to feel and what are the activities that I truly enjoy doing, right? And so I think that's the shift where some of us can actually get caught up. Um, Some of us actually do the work inside to understand what that is, what is, um, what is, you know, filling up your cup. And some of us get lost. Some of us get lost in, well, all my friends are still doing this or, um, you know, this, or we, we think in the past, right? Well, my friends and I used to do this all the time, so I'm still going to do this. And maybe some of my friends are going to change and they're going to leave, but the rest of us are going to still do this because this is what we know and this is what we like and we still want to do this. And so there's never that reflection of what is it that you could actually be doing that, you know, would be filling your cup up, um, in a different way, right? And for those of us that have moved from, you know, liking certain things to, you know, maybe enjoying reading a book or, you know, things that might not be as extravagant or out there or party party, um, but that there are smaller activities that are maybe more, uh, heart filling, right? Like, and maybe spending more time with yourself, maybe more spending more time with your children, maybe spending more time with your friends, but just in a quieter setting or in a different way. Um, I think that's when this message hits home because it, it starts to explain, you know, like this is okay. This is normal. This is healthy, not just normal, it's healthy. You know, so just being content is like the highest form of being happy is just being content with where you're, where you are in your life and trying to be content, whether you are, or you aren't like, and if you aren't content, like, yeah, coming back to that place of, well, maybe what I'm doing right now in my life isn't filling my cup back up. Maybe I'm still going out to parties or maybe I'm, you know, going to, maybe I'm watching sports all day and it's not really serving me. You know, maybe I'm not reading enough books or maybe I'm not traveling enough or maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not just even spending enough time, you know, reflecting and, and being on my own, you know? So these are all just things to think about, right? And, you know, maybe it's about taking up a different hobby or learning something new. Um, that's always a great way to switch up the energy and, and learn something different about yourself as well. Because I think as we get older, we start to get scared or fearful of like learning new things. And I think it's because there's experiences where that we've had maybe things went wrong or it wasn't worth it or it's it's all about comparing. It's all about comparing to the past. So we tend not to move forward um, to try new things, right? And whether that's going to take you to a goal or not, you know, it's about experiencing it. So, and I, you know, this is all about coming back to that place of just being content. It's not about achieving anything. It's not about comparing yourself to anybody. It's not a race. It's not um, a competition, 
Uh, It's not about who's the most beautiful or the most fierce or the most successful or the most happy or who has the most kids or who has the nicest house. It's not fucking about that. Life is not about that. It's about being content where you are without anybody knowing where you are or who you're with or what you're doing. If you can be content with that, then you will find contentment then you will find peace. But because of social media and because of uh, a lot of the experiences that happen today and how we can share them all and how we can hear about what's going on in the world all the time and there's a lot of noise, we feel the need to share it and we feel the need to look at what other people are doing all the time and not coming into a place of just being content with where we're at right now. So that's... That's what Santosh is, is talking about, is really coming into that place of um, uh, being in your own space and being grateful and content for that. So the opposite of Santosha is discontent or dissatisfaction. It's a form of suffering. So when we notice this feeling, it's the, fir- it's the first step towards converting it, right? So the first step is awareness that we're not satisfied. And so if we can stop that, stop that in its tracks and understanding why we're not satisfied or why, why we're not content, then we can actually start to change it. So instead of focusing on what we do not have or why we're not where we want to be, we apply the opposite attitude of being grateful for what we have and where we are. As long as we are doing something to move ourselves in a positive direction, time and patience will lead us to the desired result. Contentment is not stagnant. Because of the changeable nature of our life and the world around us, Santosha is being aware that we are moving forward and being satisfied with our progress. Right? Um yeah there's so much to this there's so many things that I could say but um I was listening to Theo Vaughn the other day and he was saying when you are in anxiety or you feel like you're in a low place like not being satisfied move your feet the mind will follow all you have to do is move your feet you know go do something be active if you are in a really low place move your feet that is the best thing you can do go for a walk go do something new, go get groceries, go do something. Sometimes we just have to get out of the head, right? Because if you are so, um, if you feel not satisfied or you feel discontent or depressed, meditation isn't always the best thing, right? Because you're going to be sitting in that energy and um, being active. It's like you need to get some stagnant energy moving out of the body. So move your feet, the mind will follow. That's one thing that has come to mind through this. Um, The other thing that was coming to mind for me is that patience will lead us to the desired result. This is the probably one of the most powerful lessons I have ever had is that consistency and patience in anything you do across the board is what will give you a desired result. So... Um, you know, 
even looking at people's YouTube channels, like you, the people who are successful, you will see they have been doing this for years, years and years. And it takes doing that almost that same thing and just fine tuning it over years to actually under to actually start to gain a following, to actually start to gain some success from that. As long as we are consistent, what we are doing in our life, we will see progress. Progress. It doesn't matter what it is, as long as you keep doing it. Um, and that that obviously that's a positive and healthy thing that you're doing towards a goal that you want that's going to serve you and others in your life. If we keep doing it, but we can't expect contentment and happiness because we did one thing, you know, we have to keep moving. That's what life is about is just, just keep moving. Um, and, and don't feel like you have to be the best and don't feel like you have to have your desired result right away. Cause it's going to take time, patience and commitment, just like anything in your life. And coming back to that space of, we are able to get a lot of tangible things, very quickly we have this this culture of immediacy right now immediacy and also um this idea that if you try you should be um you should be rewarded if you try you should just be rewarded it doesn't matter if you keep doing it It doesn't matter if you put more work in it doesn't matter if you try harder you will get a prize no matter what and in that idea sense, I mean, we could have a debate over this because I know a lot of people have different, different thoughts about this, but a lot of schools and a lot of programs have been giving, you know, prizes and recognition to all children who try anything, whether they're good or they're, they're not, whether they accomplish something or they don't accomplish something. There's something to be said for failure. There's something to be said for trying to strive for something consistently, for trying to build upon something consistently. It builds character. It builds strength. Um, It builds resilience. And that's something that is so important in life. And if we're not even teaching our children that, they will not be successful. They will not be content with what they have. They will not be content with with themselves because they haven't learned the tools. They haven't been given the tools to actually move through life in a way that teaches them to be resilient, that teaches them to be consistent, diligent, patient, keep moving forward. That's what motivation is all about. Strength of character. Don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid to have somebody else do better than you. You know, it, yeah, sometimes it sucks. <laughs> but that is what's going to get you somewhere. That is where, why it's going to burn the fire under you to go and get what you want. You know, can't always be fluffy. We can't always just sit, sit and accept and coddle. We have to get up and do the work. And that is what's going to make you feel better, you know? And I see, yes, there are times to be in a place of darkness. And yes, there are times to be in a place of lightness. That is the yin and the yang of life. We need both, you know? It just depends on what that is for you. So um, so that is what Santosha is all about. It's, it's, it's all about understanding where you're going, being consistent, and being content, right? We 
How we look in front of others can be another source of dissatisfaction. So for example, if we attend a yoga lecture, we might feel we have to sit on the floor, even though doing so is uncomfortable for us because others are sitting on the floor. Why not just sit in a chair? Even for meditation, it is better to be relaxed and upright in a chair than tense in pain and slouched sitting on the floor. When we conform to what we think others expect of us in order to save face and be accepted by others, we are not content with ourselves. So this is about constantly comparing yourself to others and letting the ego get in the way to tell you, that you have to maybe push yourself too far. You know what I mean? Like, there, again, coming back to the balance, right? Sometimes there's, there's a time to get up and, and act, and we all need to keep doing what we want to do, right? Um, but the comparing comes into play when we feel like we're not good enough and that we have to fit in with everybody else. When the fact of the matter is, is, you don't have to fit in with anybody. You don't have to fit in anywhere. Because none of us are the same. None of us. Like some of us do, yes, we have the same likes, but none of us are the same. Like how could you fit in completely? There's no way. We're all unique. We, we all have different flaws. We all have different ways of doing things. We all have different likes, dislikes. You know, that's why um, who we are makes us great is the things that, you know, set us apart from other people. And um, for me, when I see my students in, in my classes that are, that I take notice of, they're the ones that truly understand where they're at. You know, they're going to use a block for that posture because they actually understand that that's how that that posture is going to benefit them the best you know and when i'm doing reiki somebody wants to sit in a chair or meditate in a chair i respect that person that person knows themselves and knows what's going to make them happy and um, i teach a lot of yin and restorative right now um it's really where my passion is reiki yin and restorative and And the people who, you know, in my classes, what I say is in yin and restorative, we use a lot of props. We use a lot of bolsters. We use a lot of blankets. We use a lot of blocks. And sometimes I'll adjust, but very rarely. Um, I let people adjust themselves first because what I'm trying to teach them is that we all have the resources that we need to be happy and to be comfortable. And when we can learn to use those props to support ourselves and we subconsciously start to understand that we are responsible for our own happiness, nobody else, we, and that we have all those tools. We have the tools to, to change something or to adjust something in our life um, to be comfortable, to be content. And so by physically adjusting your body or supporting your body, you're communicating subconsciously that you can do that as well in your life. And that's why I love yin and restorative. That's why I love it um, is because it really, can, it really communicates to the mind and to the spirit that, that you are abundant. 
just as you are. You have everything you need. It's just about tapping into those tools. That's all this is about at the end of the day. And understanding what you need for yourself. How can you give yourself more more nourishment, more love, more support, and also the get up to go when you need to? That's all. Um, Sometimes our progress performing the physical postures um, is falsely judged by our level of flexibility. So if people can perform all of the difficult postures, are they really good at their postures? If so, then a ballet dancer or gymnast could walk into the class and be judged the most advanced student. Obviously, this thinking is misperception. In fact, even those who are inflexible can be experts if they are exerting sincere effort and understand their bodies and their limitations. So that's exactly what I was just talking about. One aspect of contentment is being unattached to the results of our actions. If the result is less than we expected, we can still accept what happens, learn from it, and move on. If we have unreasonable expectations, then we may be setting ourselves up for disappointment. For example, you send out an email blast to hundreds of people advertising your new website, and when you expect a heavy response but only get 20% of your email recipients visiting your website, you might become upset. On the other hand, you can be grateful that you received some response and happy that there are people who value your work. And a simple shift in the way you think about something can completely transform your attitude towards it. Either way, you'll probably begin thinking of ways to make future advertisements more appealing. Yeah, so you always take the good and the bad, right? so that you can adjust things in the future. If we cultivate gratitude, even when we are content, we strengthen that attitude in our heart-mind, like amending its soil, and make that gratitude easier to access when needed. Gratefulness does for our heart-mind what food does for our bodies. It nourishes our heart-mind and creates a sense of fulfillment slowing down, stepping back, and appreciating the little things in life creates inner happiness. Gratefulness is feeling great and full of joy with who we are and what we have. There will always be people with more or fewer possessions than us. Keeping up with the Joneses is an exercise in discontent. Knowing that everyone shares the same divine inner light of awareness can shift our attention away from external material assets and towards the cultivation of our own inner happiness. I mean, need I say more? I, I, this, is, this is our culture. And, um, and don't fool yourself. Like, there's tons of spiritual coaches online that are trying to outdo each other. Don't fool yourself. Everybody does it. And I'm seeing it more and more just because we see people only show the good sides on social media and, and share those things, right? We only see the good parts instead, um, you know, except for, you know, when people are grieving. But... Um, just some final thoughts is like feeling satisfied and fulfilled in life creates deep inner happiness, whether happy or, um, despondent. I 
can feel grateful for what I have. I will set reasonable expectations and fully accept whatever happens. You know, take your failures and greet them. Greet them at the door. Um, I forget who that was. Um, there was a message on Joe Rogan's podcast. Um, he's a fighter, UFC fighter, of, co- of course, because all these motivational videos. But anyways, he was saying that, you know, if you, have you failed? Has something wrong gone in your life? Gone? Has something wrong gone on in your life? Good. Good. Take that with you. That's what's going to motivate you. You know? Whatever it is that's gone wrong in your life, good. Take that with you. That's what's going to make that's what's going to get you further. The people that have not had failures don't understand what it takes to adjust things. They don't understand what it takes to make something better cuz they never will have to change something if they don't have to change it. You know, I was even thinking, you know, with my yoga retreats, if I fill up if I were to fill up my one retreat right now with with tons of people right away, I mean, what would be my reason for marketing my retreat as much as I have? Um, I wouldn't have had that much reason to market my retreat or invest in my business as much as I needed to. Um, so if we gain, if we get all of what we want right away, it, te- it doesn't tend to take us further. It tends to actually keep us in a box um, because we can't grow. We don't feel the need to grow we don't feel the need to change um and it's kind of like the lobster (laughs) the lobster that um when they're born they're born like a really soft little sponge and then as they start to grow they start to grow these shells over them but they have to keep growing they have to keep breaking out of the shell so that the shell can keep growing over them so they actually hide under a rock in a really dark place so that they can start to shed their shells over and over and over until they get to be really big, right? Um, but if they aren't uncomfortable, they can't shed the shell for a more thick shell to grow over top so that they can become stronger. So there's another great metaphor, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> for this idea of we have to shed our layers to grow, to be inspired to to understand where we're going um, and to be content within the failures, to be content within whatever's going on because we know that that is the experience. Um, and sometimes when I'm talking about these things, I feel like I'm, I am repeating myself a lot or maybe I'm repeating um, what other people are saying um, because it's said a lot. But I feel that it doesn't hit home a lot for a lot of us unless we start to apply it to our life. Um, you know, I, I could talk about this for hours. I could preach about it for hours. But unless I start to apply this or if you start to apply this, then none of us will actually start to understand how to feel this way, to f- actually tap into that sense of being content. And it is accessible, it's very accessible to be content um, if we allow ourselves to, to, use those, to use these tools to actually get into that space. So one exercise is to just give examples of when you 
tend to be dissatisfied and wanting results to be different than they turn out to be. So that you can just be aware of when do you feel dissatisfied. Start to get to know who you are because everybody's different. You know, one experience might happen to your friend and your friend might not feel dissatisfied with that outcome. You just don't know, right? The next time you're you're waiting for something you didn't expect to wait for, find a way to enjoy that precious idle time. This is such a good exercise. This is such a good exercise. Um, I can't remember. There was a situation I can't remember now, but I did have to wait for something and I just decided to kind of do something productive in the meantime to take my mind off of it. Or I just, yeah, I was just trying to enjoy that moment. I think I closed my eyes and just started breathing because I had a little extra time to do that. And that could be at Starbucks. Maybe you don't want to close your eyes at Starbucks. But for me, it was just about, okay, I just took a couple breaths to just calm slow the process a little bit. I mean, you're, you, when you're waiting for a coffee or you're waiting for food, there's nothing you can do to speed up that time anyways. So worrying about that time wasted is doing nothing but stressing you out, right? So ponder all that you have to be grateful for, such as health, friends, community, and life. Think of the millions of people around the world who have so much less in comparison, yet they are happy nevertheless that's a big deal imagine all these people who have way less than you have and they are happy and why is that why are they happy think about you know i don't know (laughs) maybe they're just high on life i don't know but it's because i feel i truly believe and that is why i dedicate to the yoga culture is that the less that we have to worry about, the more content we are. And I know that kind of sounds like, 